For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. How are you guys doing? Welcome over to the channel, myself, and we well, we have a we have a special guest. His name is James Vasquez. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him the Russian hunter. He is an American that went over at the very beginning of this this war. He went over actually three weeks after the conflict started itself, and has when did you come back? About a week or so ago. Yeah, about a week ago. So he came back a week ago. Now this gentleman, I wanted to bring him on here for one reason. Well, two reasons, I guess, to tell a story to y'all so you have an understanding exactly what's going on over there. And I want to help him raise money for the men that are over there fighting. I'm going to let him tell you guys a little bit about the foundation. It'll be linked at the very top of the description if you guys would like to donate. I'm telling you, I'm, you know what, out the gate, I haven't told you this. I'm going to personally donate right now $5,000 to the cause, Wow. to the wow. men over there. Okay. I believe in it so much. I want you guys to join. If you guys can, you can donate a dollar, five dollars, two dollars, whatever it is. If we can do this a hundred thousand times, just imagine the amount of money we can raise for them over there. They need the help from us that are watching. So, you want to explain a little bit about the cause? Uh, it's called Ripley's Heroes. It's a foundation started by Rip Rowling, to retired lieutenant colonel, marine um, guy that I kind of started talking to while I was through Twitter. And, you know, I gave him a plug because he needed some help and it just kind of took a life of its own. So it went from him raising money on PayPal, just like I was, you know, for some guys that needed it until him starting this foundation. That's now he's got a CFO. He's got, you know, financial people. Everything is like completely legit. So when I need anything and I need to raise money, I raise money through Ripley's Heroes in order for me to be able to get what I need for my guys. Just like yesterday, I uh, just last night, I raised thirty five thousand dollars just tweeting you know out that we need <laughs> that we that. that we need some yeah. stuff uh my guys you know their vehicles are getting shot up uh they need some mvgs doing a lot of night missions you know a lot of combat loss in the field so i need to get some money so and then i go through his foundation they tell me how much money that uh i raised in one day and i say all right well can we get guys this can we get guys this and then they have guys that they deal with too that they help uh, other american units uh, that we're all affiliated with. We all kind of in the same circle. We all talk. All trusted. Yeah, all, all trusted. trusted. I mean, every everybody's uh, vetted. You guys can go to riprawlings.com, and I'll put I'll put a link at the very top of the description if you guys would like to donate. I'm telling you guys right now, they need medical supplies. They need they need safety goggles. They need helmets. They need flag jackets, Kevlar, GPS units. Drones is a big thing. He was talking about drones. Communications is a big thing. Comms, um, that's one thing that we lack the most. Communications and vehicles are something that communications we need all the time. And uh, vehicles, we need all the time. Vehicles, I go through vehicles like I go through socks over there, so it's uh, bananas. <laughs> oh, it's a, if you guys would like to donate, like I said, if you guys are listening on podcasts, go to riprawlings.com. It's trusted, or you guys can go to the very top of the description, click it, donate. Like I said, I'm donating $5,000 over here to the cause right now from Speak the Truth. So with that being said, I'm going to start asking him some questions. This may be broken down into some parts. I want to know on-the-ground experiences from the man himself who has been over there hunting I want to say hunting Russians, but will you tell us how it started? Now, they have this image which you guys are seeing on YouTube. Originally, I thought it was your mom. It's not. <laughs> you told me in the kitchen that it wasn't your mom. It was, uh, it was a uh, uh, Ukrainian rally in Connecticut before I left. Date so, on this. March? It was 
probably several days before I left. So probably, I, let's call it March 11th. Okay, so now a time frame for you guys. March 11th. We're starting March 11th. He's in the States. Hmm. And you went from there to what? Poland? I went from the States to Poland. I took a bunch of medical supplies. Um, I, I, I kind of hooked up with some, Ukra- there's a big Ukrainian community around where I live. And some guys who found out I was going, they said, hey, look, can you do me a favor? Can you, you know, bring us, you know, bring a bunch of medical supplies? It's going to cost us $15,000 to ship this. It's going to cost about 1500 if you take it on a plane. Wow. So, I, so, you know, there's about eight or nine boxes or so of just medical supplies. You know, I actually have the image. Is this the image right here? That is it. Okay, so that's the one it. that the one that's on screen, we had the image of the supplies that he was bringing over. <clears throat> I actually have the date of this, March fourteenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank thank God for iPhones. It keeps tabs yeah, on yeah. us everywhere, and yeah. uh, even tells you what time you took it. Yeah. <laughs> at ten o'clock at night. So yep. yeah, it was a late flight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was to Poland. So you got to Poland with all the medical supplies. Now, how difficult was it to get from Poland into Ukraine and to actually find a unit? Well, here's the thing. First thing I did was I got picked up by a gentleman named Yuri. That's their connection on the other side. Yuri and I made our way to the border. We uh, drove through the night. Uh, we had a lot of trouble at the border, but, you know, it, over there, everybody knows somebody. Now, so the border, we're talking about Lviv area? We're talking about the Polish border. Okay. Um, and you get to the Polish border, and then you have to go through the Ukrainian border. So you're literally going through two different stops. So, you know, you get through the Polish border, you're like, phew. And uh, then you got the Ukrainian border, and, you know... And these guys are, you know, they're very curious. What the hell are you doing here? Why is an American over here? Why yeah. are you here with all these boxes? So, but when you start telling them, look, I'm here. You don't tell them I'm here to fight. You say, I'm here to bring these medical supplies. This is a humanitarian effort. We had to hide my gear, you know, kind of like buried under everything. So, I, you know, so they just see the boxes and the humanitarian stuff. So then we got through the border. We uh, drove through the night. <clears throat> we go to Lviv. We stay at, <clears throat> his, I think, his aunt's house sleep on the floor, get a couple hours sleep, and then we go to this warehouse, we drop off all the um, all the medical supplies, and then from there, he brings me over to uh, the Foreign Legion recruiting station in Lviv. Well, that's it was a good idea at the time, but they got <laughs> bombed two days before. They lost like 30 men. The place was destroyed. No one knew, knew what to do with me. They were like, you're the last thing we're worrying about right now. We don't even have our... Can, you know. I actually, I think I remember this. This is when yeah. they hit the one right on the border, correct? Yeah, yeah. I remember this. We actually talk, This is crazy to me because you guys know that I talk every single day to you guys about what's going on in Ukraine, and now I get <clears throat> firsthand experience from the gentleman who's actually over there fighting the Russians, and it's crazy for to put two and two together. <laughs> well, I didn't know they got bombed because I was traveling for the last two days. <laughs> so in my <laughs> mind, you know, I'm, I'm going to get there. Gonna be yeah, good. I'm going to get in there. They're going to hand me a gun. We're gonna, everybody's going to rock and roll, right? Uh, so they didn't know what to do with me, so... Now, I'm with this guy, Yuri, and Yuri's, like, been driving for, like, 30 hours, and he's, like, I, I, he doesn't know what to do. So he, he makes a phone call. Somebody, like I said, somebody always knows somebody. And so his aunt knew somebody else's aunt who, you know, <laughs> knew some guys that, um, that could probably help me. So they come over, and they're, they took a hold of me now, and so we're trying to figure out what to do with me. Suddenly they get a phone call, you know, because now everybody knows I'm kind of there looking for uh, a home. And uh, I get a call from a, U- a Ukrainian-born British soldier, active British soldier, by the way, uh, who kind of just left his unit. And What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? He's active and left to go. He's active and he's left. He actually got thrown out of the military right before I left because... They found out that he was there. Yeah, That's why when you ever hear me tweet, I say the Brit. I never use his name. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. We never show his face. Oh, his face is always covered. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. 
So, um, so anyways, so we meet up with this uh, Brit, and Brit and I, we we we're, now we're together, and I'm like, you know, so what's the plan? He's like, <laughs> so he's like, look, I got I got this Canadian I got to pick up, right? Okay. So uh, who he knew from when he was a kid is like uh, now it's another Ukrainian born uh, soldier that's you that's from Canada. So, so Con, you guys are just. A- this, the whole, <laughs> the whole, st- look, the way yeah, everything happened is, together. I mean, you got a British, a UK, a Canadian, a like, I, I forget half the shit until I start telling the story, you know, <laughs> um, but so, so this Canadian soldier, his mother had evacuated and we went to her apartment and we stayed at her apartment for a night and we were, we were supposed to all go down to the front line together. Well, the Canadian soldier Wife got a hold of him and said, "You are going nowhere." And he he went back home. Really? Yeah, I don't want to say his name because it's pretty embarrassing. But uh, <laughs> so his wife was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." So now it's just me and the Brit. So you left March fourteenth. Yeah. It's so we're gonna put you roughly March sixteenth, seventeenth at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, probably sixteenth. Because I'm looking right now at March nineteenth at this image. Yeah, that's yeah. Days later. So days later, you go from. A hodgepodge group of guys mm-hmm. in a random ass apartment mm-hmm. in fucking God knows where to March 19th. Now you have a ton of javelins laying around <laughs> with random helmets. How did, how did, where was this even at? Like, honestly, where, where was this? That was in Kiev. That was, so in, this Kiv. was in Kiev. So now me saying this, that's very broad. Kiev. Now, yeah. was it in a random? I, I, I can't. I, come on, man. I can't. <laughs> what, was, what was this? Even this looked like it's in somebody's closet. And, oh, that was in the back of an, an assault vehicle. Oh, okay. I was like, this looks like somebody's closet. There's a bag. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. pillow. And no, that's uh, that was. In oh, the, I can see the seat now. Yeah, oh, I that was in a big seat. assault okay. vehicle oh, that yeah. we had. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? was in somebody's apartment? <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be because, like, you know, we brought it everywhere and. Yeah, that salt vehicle broke down, so we were just keeping it in like pickup trucks and stuff. So from March nineteenth, you're in Kiev till okay. When? So so, so the Brit and I we start. He knows guys uh, that he went to high school with. He's Ukrainian born, but you know that are fighting in the front lines that he hasn't seen in twenty two years. He's been in the UK wow. for twenty two years. So um, he gets a hold of these guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we're in the front lines, and um, you know, you know, come come on down. You know, we we you know, but bring some supplies. We got there's a guy that we have a connection with. You got to go to this office. They got a bunch of stuff, you know, uniforms and stuff that we need. So we went and grabbed all that stuff, filled up the car." And then we just started heading towards Kiev. So this was in Kiev as well, I would assume. Yes. So the so the Brit is the one to the to the left of me um, with, with his the face, face mask. Okay. Yeah, because he still didn't want to be known yeah, because he was still understand. in the military. Okay, now that makes some sense. Okay. okay. So um, so we go, we make our way to the front lines, and we're hitting checkpoints, and people are like, you know, freaking out because you know we're. You got a UK soldier and an American soldier, and they were like really excited. They, you know, is there only, there's only two of you guys. There's only two of us, but in their mind, like maybe the US and the UK, UK are sending soldiers, so they were like oh, happy. They were fascinated to see an American passport, so they kind of like that. Kind of got us through all the, all the, all these checkpoints. And let me tell you something: there was a million of them, and um, going into the city, going towards Kiev, and okay. you're talking about from Lviv to Kiev, it's like a ten hour drive. Um, and plus the checkpoint, so, you know, sometimes longer. So we were driving through the night, and then <laughs> suddenly, like, police pulled us over. And uh, and I'm like, oh, shit, man. You know, I'm in a different country. You got police pulling. You know, I'm to me, I, I'm completely unfamiliar with the country yet, you know. So he, p- police pulls over. He starts talking to him in Ukraine, and, you know, suddenly 
the cop is like, you know, hey, look, follow follow me. So he gets in his car. Victor gets back in the car. I'm like, what the what the fuck's going on? He goes, they're gonna they're gonna put us up tonight. There's a nursery where they have people, uh, where they're housing people right now. It's like a kindergarten, and um, you know, people are staying who had a flea. So they were they were basically housing refugees, and they brought us over there. They gave us a bed, gave us a cup of tea, and um, well, not a bed, like a mat on the floor. But so we stayed there at that nursery that night because they, he was telling the cop was saying it's, it's really too dangerous to be driving at night, you know, with all everything that's going on, you know. So so this was my introduction to you know craziness, and um, so the following day we got up early, started heading um, to Kiev. And then we finally get to our destination, and uh, and there's just a bunch of guys, you know, like a bunch of soldiers, like a ragtag group, like the bad news bears of, uh, you know, soldiers. It was, uh, it was crazy. I mean, uh, a lot of these guys never shot a weapon before. They're running around with AKs with, with magazines in them, holding them up and holding them around. I don't even know if they had it on safety. You know, they had zero, you know, training. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell is going on here, you know? Why is everybody, you know, why are we housed up here and everybody's got magazines? It was, it was like kind of a safe, a green area at that point. And um, so, you know, we, we got to uh, talking to the commander there, which, you know, another thing was, that was crazy to me is there was no, no rank system. Everybody, even, it was like by age. So the oldest guy was like the commander. And, and, and that was it. And he had no experience. So it, it, it was bananas, bro. So... So we, you know, so we speak. And, and this didn't make you like think, oh man, maybe I made a wrong, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be here. I'm thinking <laughs> these guys are going to get me fucking killed. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. And I, I'm, I'm telling Victor, I'm like, look, this is, this is, you know, bananas. And I was like, to the very least, I'm sitting here. Now you can still hear shelling in the, uh, in, in, uh, in, 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 in the distance. In the distance. So I'm like, look, we got to get weapons. And they didn't have anything at the time. So I had to wait like two days just to get a, you know, AK-47. And they only had AK-47s for us rather than a 74. So it was hard for us to even get rounds because everything was the 5.45 uh, millimeters on the 74s. My God. And we had 7.6 too. So I was only to get able to get like three magazines in the beginning and, um, and like barely filled them up. <laughs> We actually uh, commandeered a uh, hunting store, and and not commandeered. We went in there. They they were closed, but the people were in there. So, but they let us in because we're you know in uniform. We have uh, AKs, and I bought out all their ammo, all their seven point six too, you know everything. So you know Victor and I now we have ammo, but we only still have a few magazines. So I'm carrying a pouch full of loose bullets <laughs> with three magazines, dude. And then, you know uh, you know how crazy this is. Yeah, like, like yeah. you're. Like, I don't think you realize you're standing here and having this, like, telling the story of the most hodgepodge group of guys that have zero training, that don't have a rank structure, that are going off of how old somebody is. Yeah, and you guys are going to fight against an invading actual army. Yeah, we were, <laughs> like when you say it, like we, you're were, like, we were like, what the? F we were like three days away from our first big battle, right? Which I'm, t I, I know, I'm looking at it right here. So March twentieth, you you're got. sitting here. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And then four days later, you're sitting here. Yeah. And I think four days later, this is the inf this is the infamous one, right? Correct. Now, I don't know if you guys know what this is behind me, but that's a Russian tank. Russian tank that was taken out. Welcome to America. Welcome to America. Uh, is, this, is this the one? That was the same day. Yeah. So what happened was we actually the weirdest story. Well, first of all, let me back up for a second. <laughs> At first, 
before I even got my uh, my weapon, I started going out with the javelin team, and uh, you know taking out tanks. So uh, so we, we we're going on missions at night. How, how proficient are they, by the way? Just with so, the javelins? Yeah, just how are the Ukrainians actually utilizing the javelins? At the-, the Ukrainians were good at the javelins. They 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 were they were pretty trained on it right from the beginning. Which that that was actually shocking to me how well they they use the javelins. And no rank structure can use a javelin. Yeah. Mike's, yeah. all right, good. Listen, I never used a javelin. They had to teach me. <laughs> good. By all means. So now I'm on this javelin team. Wait, you know, with no weapon. I'm out in the field. I got I to gotta hit and run a tank. I got I got no weapon if, if like, you know, you got, if we have any resistance. I just got to run my ass off, you know. We've taken off in a Toyota, you know, after we hit and run. It was, it was, it was bananas. So, okay. So, so, so. I mean, now that I'm telling the story, <laughs> like, well, it what? seems crazy. Yeah, it's like, what the <laughs> Like, what are I, we talking I, about? It didn't seem crazy at the time, I guess, but um, it's because you're around with the same the same like minded men that are doing these same exact things. You're like, ah, it's just normal. You know, fuck it is normal. Why not? Yeah, it, it is. And so when you come back here and you're telling people, people are like, wow, James Vas- Vasquez, he's got fucking balls the size of just the, those boxing gloves. <laughs> His testicles are just this big. This is my first time meeting the guy, by the way. So everybody's aware. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've, yeah. I've known for about an hour. Right. right, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so where was I? <laughs> So okay, so so we go back to this photo. To this photo right here. Okay, so let me tell you about that. <laughs> is it this is the day of the infamous So now I got my weapon. <laughs> and we got sent on a mission. We we got some intel that were Russians in a village and you know we we our mission was just to, you know, uh identify and take we had a lot of villages all the time telling us, you know, where Russians were holed up and you know, houses that were evacuated, things like that. So in the beginning we just started looking for those guys. Well, on our way to that mission um, we ran into all these soldiers and they're like, look, we have a battle going on. We got men getting shot. We got guys getting, you know, shrapnel. We need as many men as we can. So we deviated from our mission and just went with these guys who I never met, but they wanted to, you never met these guys. No, not until that moment. Every one of those guys. So, but because I was American, everybody wants to take pictures with me. If for some reason, um, I mean, I can understand, I guess. So, so right. That was right before we went into the battle. So we go in. We go into uh, the show. We jump on a. We, they, they had like one, you know, crappy old tank. We all jump on this tank, and uh, they take us into theater. Oh, shit, I should have I should have brought my um my GoPro footage of that. That God, well, you're, dude, I need that. I didn't even think about. Yeah. I have it at the hotel. I got my whole GoPro at the hotel. We are one hundred percent going. Okay, okay that has got to be used. Yeah. We've got okay, to. Okay, all right, I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay. I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> you have the GoPro footage of you going in. Oh my god! I, I have a, I have like three hours of footage on. I didn't even think about that. Oh my god! Yes, this is great. Is, yeah, yeah. Stay, yeah. stay tuned. What do we say that? All right. So, <laughs> oh my. So god. as soon as we go, like you know, what we what you would consider two city blocks with this tank, and all of a sudden there's a guy standing at the end of the road with a rocket. We all jump off the <laughs> tank and just start shooting, right? So, uh, and the tank, boom. I mean, I have this on my GoPro. The shell's going right off next to me, like, deafening me. Uh, so we took out that dude. And then, um, and all you hear is like, I'm like, oh, shit, man. All you hear is gunfire, mortar fire, all kind of shit. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. And um, so we start pushing forward. And sure enough, man, it, it was crazy it was you know it was very unorganized <laughs> the only way you can identify us from anybody else is that we had yellow the, the, uh, tape around the, our arms the armbands. and yeah. oh you know God. if you don't see that yellow tape and you it, it, friendly fire 
must have at some point happened that day, but uh, I just don't know when. But you know, so we started getting a little more organized, and you know, going in kind of like a, a, a real um, tactical formation. You know, pushing forward. We were getting hit from the left. We were getting hit from the right. They, it was like so. We're going down the street, and and on the street on each side, there's there's little houses, really crummy houses, but it's you know these people's livelihood. Um, so these guys were, you know, just shooting from, you know, we were just catching shots from the side. So I'm like, literally, <clears throat> I come across like a dog who's like flipping out. He's chained up. I release the dog because the poor guy's getting like freaking out because there's just nothing but shelling around us, you know. And then, um, you know, you're literally just, re- you know, peeking up a, over a fence and this guy's shooting at you. <laughs> so I'm in this cluster right now. There's chickens running around. It's, it's, there's dead chickens. There's live chickens. It was crazy. <laughs> this is your first real big thing. This is right? this is like the <laughs> like my first. So um, oh god, I love it. This is hilarious. so we. <laughs> so so some guy went down. He got you know I don't know if he got shot or shrapnel, whatever the case. You know is it? So there was like a medic from I don't know. He must have been from like Australia or some shit. Um. And he was pat. He was running around patching people up, and it's like I'm like, what the fuck is this? But you know, you're still focused on a, like all these like side thoughts are like you know happening. So he's patching guys up. So he put his weapon down. I didn't know it was his weapon. I saw. It, I was like, that's an M4, and I thought it was the guy who went down. I'm like, I'm taking this motherfucker M4. <laughs> I was like, Call of Duty that, you know, just picking up a weapon. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I gotta take it. And then that medic come back, comes back, and he goes, That's mine. That's mine. I'm like, Oh. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, oh, that's great. So now we're shooting, we're shooting, we're shooting. It, it goes over. We got to call. We're calling back for more ammo. You know, I mean, we're just exhausting ammo like crazy. And um, so we got a guy going back and forth in a pickup truck, just bringing boxes of ammo. And, um, you know, at that point, I don't even think I had a grenade or anything. So, um, or maybe I did, but. It, it, Oh, I did. You know what it is? They give us these grenades, and they have the plastic in them, and they and they they don't want you to uh, put in the uh, the fuse the, the fuse until it, like. And I was getting, I was so pinned down, that I didn't even have the chan- like a chance to pull that fucking thing out. <laughs> and um, yeah, I got some crazy footage of that. But um, this is great. So now we you know we got javelins. We we you know I'm telling you guys, look, somebody's got to take this tank out. You know, get a javelin up there. We're taking out tanks. We're taking out assault vehicles. And um, and then we're pushing forward. You know, we're taking out Russians. And uh, I think that day there was, uh, well, I know that day. It was like seven tanks and 200 Russians we took out with like 50 guys. So, yeah, it's only 50 of us. That's why they pulled us in when uh, when we were passing by. They were like, we need more men. It's okay. You know? So me, me, you saying that out loud. So you're yeah. essentially telling me that the Russians have no idea exactly how to maneuver on any sort of element at the time at the very beginning. They probably should be a little bit better by now. They but, well, mean, I think everybody's better by now. You know, Ukrainians and Russians. But um, in the beginning, as as bad as my guys were, they were worse. So you know, I just look at kind of, a draw. Isn't that kind of crazy? Is that yeah, kind of, it is kind of crazy. I don't think know. About how bad can like we thought they were the number two superpower on planet Earth? And, and I, absolutely not. I, and, I mean, you're like that is so exact. <laughs> we, you know what it is? They're so good at propaganda at making their own people believe it. They actually made us believe that they're good, and they're not. They suck. Yeah, they, it's a good point. They did They did actually make yeah. everyone here to believe yeah, they, that they're masters of propaganda, so uh, they manipulated everybody. Uh, but they, they suck, and when they come across us, you know, they, listen, first of all, we don't take prisoners. You come across my squad, it's a, you know, it's a death sentence for you. Um, we, we don't even know what to do with a prisoner if we took one. And these guys are so, so... This village that we liberated that day, I guess it was Russian-occupied for like a month. 
They were terrorizing all the residents. They were, you know, raping, pillaging, taking all their food, taking all their booze. Um, you know, just dastardly shit, man. You know, like there's there's a lot of things I don't even want to talk about because it's so fucked up. Um, and and the stories I've heard firsthand from the villages and what they did to them, and and it's just um, it's just the saddest thing in the world. But um, so that day, you know, we kept pushing forward. We kept pushing forward. That was around the time where you know Russians backed out of Kiev. So that wasn't that was the first of my battles in Kiev, and then you know we had a few more, and then they started really pushing out, and uh, you know I don't want to say it was us that made them do it, but that's when it happened. So, um, so then after that, I started having to clear these villages because we we get um, you know intel from you know residents. You know, these people would, like, drive back. You know, it's kind of like sending a pigeon with a message. You know, it gets one person, one person, one person. These guys are over here. There might be six Russians in a house. So then I, I would go in with a small team and, um, you know, flush them out. You know, I will just, I'll sneak in, throw a grenade through the window. Whoever comes out, uh, whoever survives and comes out, you know, they just, we just mow them down, you know, at the entrance. And so we were doing that for a while. Was this on the northwest or northeast side of Kiev? Do you remember? Was it towards Chernihiv or towards Chernobyl? That's the best way for me to say it. Chernihiv. Chernihiv. Yeah. Okay, so this was over in Bravada area. Yes, 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 yes. See, this is kind so of... You know the logistics oh, better than I do. Oh, my yeah. God. I know that country way more than I possibly should. Yeah, to me... To me so you went through Bravada. To be, to be honest with you, I, I just kind of went where the mission was. Then, so, you know, most of the time... It's hard for me to even ask questions, say, hey, where are we? You know, because they'll just tell me some, Maybe like, you know, they'll tell me some yeah. town and that goes in one ear and out the other. It just, I can never possibly remember the name, nor was anybody really concerned about it when I asked. So I was just like, all right, well, we're just going to go That's do good. what we got to do. So do yourself a favor. Stay tuned because part two is coming here in a couple days and we're just getting started. We're literally sitting on March 24th of his stories. We've got months left. So stay tuned. The next <laughs> one's going to be here very soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.